everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk Public Service. I'm Lawton Tufts, and I'm here today with Annie Kim to talk about resumes, one of the most important documents you're going to be working on all season. The first thing we're going to talk about today is what should a resume actually look like? Mm-hmm. And so, Annie, what, what are employers looking for as far as a, a good-looking resume? So we actually have three resumes in front of us. Uh, And they're actually college resumes for law school admissions. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I think generally employers just want less. They want something clean and easy and good to look at with lots of white space. Exactly. And all three of these resumes we're looking at from law school applications are two pages. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. all of them look very different. There's some creativity going on here with borders and And different fonts. Yeah, yeah. and all of these resumes we're looking at now also have four or five different subheadings or categories. Yeah. And so oftentimes people break down their experience into like work experience, volunteer, leadership experience. For the law school resume, you will have a maximum of three categories. You'll start with your education experience. Mm-hmm. Then they'll, I mean, <laughs> you'll start with just an education <laughs> category. Then there'll be an experience category. And you might have like a personal or interest category. Yeah, yeah. So the third thing I'd say that's important for just visualizing the law school resume is that it's all going to be really simple in reverse chronological order. And so sometimes we see resumes from people who've been in college and they have, you know, functional styles of organizing content just based on what they think is relevant for a particular job. We don't worry about that for the legal field. It's just all reverse chronological order. And the good news is that there is a science and there is an exact format for this, which mm-hmm. is why we created templates on Yay. our website. So if you go to our UVA Law School Public Service website, under the Employment Resource section, you will find templates to literally plug in your information to. And also there'll be tons of sample resumes. Mm-hmm. So sample resumes if for people that came straight through or people that took a few years off. So go online and really use that. This is not your time to express yourself creatively. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So we talked about the visual and the categorization, categorization of resumes. So how about the substance, the bullets? What do those look like? So the experience section is going to be the biggest on your resume. And that's where you're really going to get into the, the meat of bullets. As I'm looking at these college resumes, One thing I see that comes up a lot are sort of big prose paragraphs. Mm, mm -hmm. So instead of doing bullets, people take the approach of just sort of writing out sometimes very beautifully worded sentences. Mm -hmm. But if I'm an employer and I'm looking at this in 30 seconds, it's a headache. And I'm probably not even going to read most of them. So you really have to spoon feed these bullets mm-hmm. to the employers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is definitely not the time to write the great American novel, unfortunately. <laughs> but so little things like that. Um, a lot of times with college resumes, you might have one bullet that starts with a noun, you know, or I'm looking right now, like over 100 hours of management experience. Mm-hmm. And then the next bullet might start with a verb. So it's actually easier on the legal resume side because everything starts the same way. So when you have a bullet, the first word that comes after that is going to be a past tense verb. You know, it might be researched or interviewed or something like that. And what about the actual function of the bullet? So I'm looking at one that says, gained a greater understanding of the strong communication skills needed to be a paralegal. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure you did do that, and it's important, right? So I think that's good to say in an interview. 
But on the resume, what we think works best is getting concrete about what you actually did, and then let the employer decide how that's relevant. And it's going to be clear. So not what you hope to get out of it, or explaining why it was important to you. These are all kind of hard to talk about in the abstract. So maybe we could talk about a couple specific examples. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say,、um, let's say you had an internship on the hill before law school. So let's pretend like you're the student, and、okay. I'll, I'll be the counselor,、okay. which I can do. So, so Lawton, tell me, what did you do on your internship? Well, to be honest, I didn't really do much substantive <laughs> stuff. Why am I not surprised? Exactly. And so, I mean, I answered a lot of phone calls.、Mm-hmm. Um, constituents would call, and when I was there, you know, healthcare was a big issue, and military spending, and so I didn't really. Do anything important, but I would answer the phone. I would take notes. I would talk to a staffer, and they would kind of brief me on how to respond. And then I'd either call the constituent back or write him a letter. And that really took up a lot of time. And then when I wasn't doing that, you know, I would go to committee hearings、okay. and sort of just do administrative stuff, like take notes and then like summarize them later.、I、wasn't using my brain a whole lot, to be honest. <laughs> It was interesting, but I don't have that much to say about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the kind of things you did, everyone does. But I actually see there's a lot of substance to that. So, how would you write about that first part, the you answered phone calls piece? I mean, I think I'd probably try to just put them all into one bullet, like maybe answered phone calls and handled administrative tasks. Okay. And okay. that would cover both of them. Yeah, I mean, so I see that.、Um, I think that it sounds it maybe gives you less credit. Than what you did because you had to figure out what was your representative's policy position, and you had to figure out a tactful way to answer the person's question or complaint,、mm-hmm. and then package it in a way that doesn't embarrass the office. So maybe one way we would do it, and guess what? It's in our one L everything packet. So it's on page eighteen, <laughs> Jennifer C. Public's resume. So here's one way you could do that: responded to constituent calls and mail on matters ranging from healthcare and social security legislation to military spending. So obviously you can just change whatever you actually did, but mentioning the area of the policy or legislative work is nice、uh, and just gives people more to to think about.、Uh, and then, then maybe the second one we could do, you know, attended hearings. So attended hearings for judiciary and armed services committees and prepared summaries of committee actions for staff briefings, because even though you felt like it was administrative, the notes that you used actually help people. Exactly, and so. Just to be clear, I was playing the student there. <laughs> That wasn't my actual advice to you,、um, but we see this a lot where students have a really interesting internship, or、yeah. or even if it wasn't that interesting, even if you had a boring internship,、yeah. they downplay it in their bullets and make it sound really mundane. And even if it felt that way, there are always substantive bullets that you can pull out of it that will. Catch an employer's attention, and it makes all the difference in the world. So, do you want to do another example? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, let's say that you worked as a legal assistant or a paralegal at a firm, and because there's a lot of different kinds of work, let's just say it's litigation support of some kind. Okay. Okay. So, Lawton, what did you do as a paralegal? So, there was this Medicare fraud lawsuit where I got to sort of like help out with a deposition. They were gonna depose some of the corporate officers in this case. I essentially just like helped do the very initial draft of questions,、okay. um, but they all got changed and replaced. So I it was helpful, but it was like the very lowest level. Okay, okay, okay.、Um, well, that's actually pretty substantive. 
what would you say then in a bullet about that experience? Assisted attorneys with deposition. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's not inaccurate. I like that. So it's not it's not bad actually. At least you said deposition. That's clear. Um, I, I think that if I were reading that and I just saw assisted, I wouldn't know if that meant you copied pages for exhibits. Mm-hmm. You sat by my side and got me water during a, a deposition. So I'm not sure what that means. So I'd want to know like a little bit more. I liked what you said about preparing initial questions. Yeah. It also shows that the attorneys trusted you and you knew the case. So I think what we could do instead is just be a little bit more specific. I'm looking at page 19 of our, our everything packet, John Q. Public's resume. And so here's how we might do that. Drafted questions for depositions of key corporate officers in Medicare fraud lawsuit. That's still pretty short, but it, it gives me an idea that, yeah, I had more of an analytical function. Exactly. And once again, this is something we see all the time with students is that bullets tend to be more generic and I think the downside of that for me when I was looking at resumes for applications when I was you know, actually practicing law, if someone kept it generic, I assumed that they didn't do much mm-hmm. and that's why they didn't give me any specifics. And so I would assume it was more I got water for someone and I watched them. But the reverse is also if you say keep it generic, someone might mm-hmm. think you did more than you actually did. So the more specific you can get, the better. Yeah. And it also just adds – it makes the resume a lot more interesting to read because it yeah. adds some color and like an actual visual of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree with that. So let's say then that you are coming into law school and you're feeling kind of like you don't have a lot of applicable experience. Maybe you had to actually earn money during college so you couldn't do a lot of fancy internships. I think part of it is you – peek up to that education section and look to see whether you can take a bullet from your education section and move it to your experience. Mm -hmm. Another way to do it is if you're looking at your old college resume, you might have a section that says leadership or volunteer work. And so you have to remember that those things can get fleshed out into a full-blown experience. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times you can get really good bullets about being an officer in a club, like a sorority or fraternity or being a, you know, a mentor in a writing center, or being a lab assistant or research assistant. Exactly. I've even had people who played varsity soccer, and they ended up having that as one of their, uh, an entire entry under experience, because mm-hmm. they got a lot of good leadership experience and teamwork. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't feel like you have enough, do your best to, to find something from your educational experience or volunteer experience to flesh out, but also come in and talk to us, and we'll help you yeah. find more material we'll gin it up exactly (laughs) but the other thing you can do is if you have time during your first semester but definitely also over winter break do some pro bono Mm -hmm. and that looks great because you're doing something immediately relevant legal you put it on there as your top experience and that's a great thing to have before you apply to jobs exactly and then the reverse side of that annie would be what if i have been out for five, six, seven years, mm, and I have a mm-hmm. ton of experience, and yeah. there's no way that I can fit it onto one page. What do I do then? Yeah, or, or maybe you had three or four years of experience, but you switched jobs a lot, or you had to move, so you yeah. just got all these little entries. I think that is a problem increasingly for students who have work experience, and I think the big answer to that question is you don't have to list everything. This is not an account of your entire life, <laughs> and so it's okay to have gaps. Uh, I think gaps are fine during college. So maybe you had four internships in college. You don't have to list all of them. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about having periods that are unaccounted for, especially during college. 
And then for the jobs, there may be ways to just slim down those entries, or if it's a really old job and it's kind of clear what the job was anyway, like being a lifeguard. Exactly. You may not need a bullet to explain being a lifeguard. Yeah. So we can help you figure out how to thin that down and be selective. And at the end of the day, even if you've been out for 45 years, you still got to have one page resumes. <laughs> and so when you come into your first appointment, feel free to have a resume that's longer than a page. Yeah, like yeah. try to put it in our format, but we can help you find ways to cut it down and streamline it. So I hate to ask the dreaded question, but we got to ask it. That third potential category on mm. most people's resumes is the personal or interests or interest in language yeah. section. Oh, so what is that about? What, well, first of all, what do you get rid of from college that used to be in that kind of category? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people, I'm actually looking right now at one of these yeah. college resumes, and one of them has like a technical section under there that mm. talks about being proficient at Word and PowerPoint and Adobe and design. Those are all great, and I'm very proud of anyone that has those skills, but you can get rid of those now. Yeah. The one thing I guess I'd end by saying is you don't always have to have an interest section. Yeah. If you already have really varied and kind of colorful interests that are shown through your experiences and education, you probably don't need one. And I would say definitely you know, run your interest bias in your meeting. Don't go rogue with your interest <laughs> section because it can get weird. Um, <laughs> So outside of that, I know we've already said it, and I don't want to be a broken record, but look at our templates, look at the uh, sample resumes. That's really the most helpful thing. Any final words of wisdom, Annie? Well, I think it's hard to start with a blank page. So I guess my final tip would be open up the template that looks best to you out of our 1L samples. Start with that and then open up a document that has your old resume on it. And just start you know, cutting and pasting and you're gonna to have to cut some stuff down or leave some things on the page, that's okay. But use a template to start. Yeah. And then you'll have leftovers and you can bring those to your meeting with us and we'll help you figure out what stays. 